Big Safety Podcast with Vance and Bart. I would like to set a scene for you. Imagine a poor Asian country. The water flowing by on a dirty river. Starving children over here, starving children over there. Lots of noises. A shirtless American. Sweat glistening off of his skin. Muscles, back muscles just ripped and uh, flexing as the father from the 70s show comes walking through the crowd. Up until you said that, I thought you were like looking in my window, but (laughs) you've lost me there. They're walking through a crowd of poor Asian people with their three-piece suits on and their flashy stuff. With no care in the world, no regard for these people. They walk past them, and they walk up to John. John who, you ask? John Rambo. How are you doing, John? They ask. I'm doing fine. After their greetings, they decide that John needs to go rescue uh, POWs, I believe. They are fighting against the Russians. In this movie, you will see the big Russian helicopters. The Locals fighting against these Russian invaders. The cruelty of this communist regime. And you will see Rambo describe why the Russians won't win to a Russian when he says... You're not fighting another army. You're fighting these people who live here. They don't have anywhere else to go. This is their home. They will fight to defend it to the last person. And basically that you will go bankrupt fighting them. This was uh, also very well described in a uh, um, what would you call it? A memo, something, a uh, decree written by Bin Laden. The objective of Bin Laden is to get an invading people out of the Holy Land. Um, and he had found that 
the only way that he could beat this giant um, invading force was to use the same tactics he used against the last invading force. He may have been... Uh, he, he, he miscalculated a little bit. He didn't realize that the communist invading force was going bankrupt from a uh, calculation problem they have with economics. And uh, the invading force that he was using and provoking to bankrupt itself that uh, the Americans were uh, were not capitalists, not communists. We were cronies, so it was going to take a lot more to bankrupt us. The calculation problem doesn't fully exist in our system. Uh, anyway. So this was propaganda put paid for by our taxpayers, Rambo 3, to explain to the public why we were paying these higher taxes for wars we weren't involved in, this, that, and the other, why their, their troops were being sent off to uh, whatever, to train or uh, protect these troops. Uh, in a different, in a foreign nation, a uh, rebel troops or whatever. Later, these people became our sworn enemy, then our allies, then our sworn enemy, then our allies on this side of a borderline, and our sworn enemy on this side of a borderline. We're paying for them here, and we're paying for their enemy here, and then they were fighting each other. And then that's kind of still happening today. So Except it's not the same border. So I, I know there was some interesting response with a lot of the political portrayals in that film. But are are you saying that the you're saying that Rambo three was financed by our country? Yes, it was fa financed uh, through our military budget for uh, intelligence and uh, the, the PR propaganda. Um, they call it PR, I believe, is the funding that it came through out of our Pentagon budget. Yes. Okay. Paid so, for. Yeah. So this wasn't okay. So this is something. Admittedly, it has been uh, twenty years, maybe, since I've seen that. But um, okay. So it's it wasn't just a bunch of folks who are very much like status and for that particular war effort, just like being in support of that narrative, like this was backed by the folks who made that narrative, right? Like it was. Okay. This is um, a lot more common than uh, anybody would like to think it is. Um, 
a lot of our action movies and action series and whatnot, um, even if they weren't intended to be funded by the U.S. military, end up being funded in some form or fashion and asked to change little things here and there that maybe not wouldn't change the directors or writers or vision of the show or whatever, but it would change the hearts and minds of people about a particular thing or agency or act that the military was looking to soften up Mm. the public to. Um, which something I've been thinking about uh, the more and more I've read about this is you're, we talk about the how statist our actors and actresses are. I find that if somebody is that statist and into a power, a form of power, uh, their minds are prone that way. There would probably be the ones that uh, say a state organization was wanting this person to make it in the film industry as opposed to this person, right? If they're that involved, I wonder why the people who aren't statist tend to not make it in our film industry. Right. You, is yeah the the implication being that uh, the state has just been Harvey Weinsteining Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, and it's funny how powerful state people and people like Harvey Weinstein all have the same problem when it comes to being told no or. She's too young or whatever, right? I don't they don't seem to have that same problem of I am the powerful and I will not be told no on this. I get what I want. Right. So very similar issue, right? <laughs> um, Consent? Yeah, never needed. Um, we'll just propaganda it out, right? So we've got other shows. Uh, let's go to, let's fast forward to um, Snowden uh, in the exposure of our um, our torture programs in the war in Iraq. Um, what, what do you mean? Help help me connect the well, dots. There was here. a very popular show that came out around then, uh, known as by a number, numeral named uh, twenty four. I believe it was referring to the amount of hours that are in, in a day. And and everyone you're not torturing is wasting. Right. So the idea being. 
a bad thing has happened and will be worse in 24 hours. There's no time for being civilized or uh, couth about it, any of this. We need to get our information and get it now by whatever means necessary. And this show was designed and written for the express purpose of softening up the United States public to the idea of torture upon its enemies to get information. So, I mean, I don't think anybody who is paying attention is going to be in in any denial that there are some interventions happening, right? Uh, Some favors being tossed and passed back and forth of, Hey, maybe paint this a little bit differently. And you know, this or that, you know, you, uh, you know, Griggs from rainbow three, you know, we need him to say this instead of that, you know, you get the like government consultant, but like, is it favors if, they're being paid for it. Well, that's what I'm trying to figure. It's like, if it's a if it's a funding source, it's it's different. It's a very different mechanism than you know loyalty or something. If there is a financial incentive here, right? Like this yeah. does this doesn't seem like the typical oh you know, backdoor deals, who's going to notice this line? Like, the picture you're painting here implies... There's a huge budget. There's a bit more orchestration. Because, like, even even um, even folks that you would consider uh, statist would probably say, yeah, there's some, you know, quote-unquote government consultant or something like that that who you know, make sure that things are clear to clear to broadcast and all that. But from what you're saying, it sounds like there's a bit more like Machiavellian orchestration and puppeteering going on. There is. It was, I believe, movies like Top Gun really, really, really set it in stone. When, like, so Top Gun was funded by the Scientologists. Extremely, <laughs> yeah. There was a lot of Top Gun's funding came from a uh, the recruiting budget of the U.S. military. Uh, they changed a few things in Top Gun. It was already kind of written at a status thing, like you're saying, but there was things, big things that they changed in the original Top Gun um, to uh, try to drum up more recruiting for the Navy in particular. Uh, They were having trouble uh, meeting their quotas for uh, volunteers into our U.S. Navy. And Top Gun really turned that around for them. It's a huge boost. Um, and and continue to be for years to come. So I think the military just learned 
valuable lesson by that. Like, uh, this can, we've tried this in the past, it's worked, but this time it really worked. Top Gun was, uh, uh, you know, the best thing they could have done. Um, so, when you look at what we have out today, um, you'll notice that what the issue is with the military or with the CIA or whatever, at that time period when it came out, it's always addressed in that movie as a pro-military or pro-CIA side of it, right? And you'll see it in a lot of movies. And I think that's where you get that small little bit of funding that you were talking about. Like, oh, hey, change this. Here's a little bit of funding for this movie. A little bit of fun. But then you get the straight up funded by the military for a specific reason. Like our Rambo 3. Where we're sending tons of money troops over to train these people nobody knows why like why the hell do we care about this right so then rambo 3 they try and make it like oh the russians are helping them hide pow's and the whatever you know anything to make it bad bad communist good arab right um then you get 24 like shit we have to soften up the torture image man like even we're losing some conservatives here you know like and we had them on lock with bush you know and then they did it worked fuck it worked man it worked on me really ashamed of that but it worked on me i remember thinking as a young man, how else are we supposed to get this information? And that was just blindly off the top of my head because that's what I was told. I, I never thought about, like, is information by torture any good? Yeah. Are they, are they been proven to be useful? And, it, and the answer is no. In fact, even back in like, you know, pre-gunpowder days, it it was pretty common knowledge that like it just didn't work out. Like yeah, kings always went back to it as they became more and more obsessed with power, but it wasn't about getting information that was needed. It was about creating fear among people to stop them from fucking around, you know? Um, but no, I mean, I can't think of any historical, there's no credible historical proof of torture ever being a viable form of intelligence. Well, and I mean, you, you only need to look as far as some of these recent uh, you know, documentaries, the, the true crime stuff, um, which in their own right, I'm, I know are also funded by, uh, you know, some nefarious means or at best, 
uh, just a pretty a pretty strict agenda for what they're trying to accomplish. But what they will at least highlight objectively is you'll see uh, so many of these coerced confessions, right? And these are not even people who are tortured. These are, you know, young people or people who are just sleep deprived or uh, not incredibly uh, strong intellectually, you know, many, many reasons, even the, even the strongest and, most mighty can be tempted in, in certain ways. And it's not even, you know, we're not talking waterboarding here, right? We're just talking putting somebody in a room without any lights, clocks, anything. And a few hours later, they're like, I'll sign whatever it is. Let me just get out of here. So mm-hmm. it, I think, again, I, I couldn't say what as a net result of all these true crime documentaries coming out. I, I don't know in total what all uh, positive or negative have come from this wave that we've had in the last few years, but that's certainly one that I think is uh, an absolute positive is this attention being shown to uh, the idea that coerced confessions are rampant and problematic and I don't mean problematic in the like, oh, this is not PC way. <laughs> so like it stands to reason that when you're torturing folks, it's going to be even easier to produce just whatever information you want them to say, right? Right. Speaking of which, let me bring us to a point in time where there was one side of the country that was saying, We haven't been able to find weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. Where are they? We went to war with this country, and they weren't the Taliban. They didn't bomb the towers, but we were told it was important, right? Um. So, at that time... Everybody was saying that when I was watching right uh, right wing type news stuff, and they found a bunker, bunker with chemical weapons in it, not nuclear, but chemical. And they said, "See, he might not have had nuclear weapons, but he had chemical weapons." Now, this particularly chaps my ass because up until a few years ago in my life, more than a few years ago now, but not that long ago, I was saying they found weapons of mass destruction. What the fuck do you think chemical weapons are? Turns out, This bunker of chemical weapons was known by the UN inspectors to exist. When Sodom was ordered by the UN to disarm from chemical weapons and weapons of mass destruction, he said, here's my chemical weapons. What do you want to do with them? 
put them in this bunker. We will lock them with a UN lock. Most of them are out of date and not even useful today anyway. Um, and we'll lock them up in this bunker on, uh, on your property. Sodom protested. He said, I would rather them not be on my property. Ewan said, no, this is where we're going to keep them. They're your weapons. They're on your property. We're not going to pay to store them on somebody else's property. And locks them away in a UN locked bunker. When it comes out to the public that Sodom did not have weapons of mass destruction, this becomes too big of an issue. Our intelligence agency goes and unlocks this bunker and goes, See? We found them with all these, all these fucking weapons. And that's all that was said on the right wing side of news. So maybe on the left, they were like, what? Those are UN weapons, blah, blah, blah. But it was never told to the right side. People who listen to Fox News or whatever, right? Oh, shit. For years and years, I was like, whatever, dude. He was gassing people. Uh, and then I started reading things by uh, the great Scott Horton that explained a lot. Um, this pisses me off. These kind of things piss me off beyond belief because it got me. Uh, we have... Also, uh, let's see. Most of most of those weapons weren't even functioning in there. That's yeah. You were saying that they were like expired and stuff. Yeah. So, which I'd I'd I think we could probably do a whole um we could probably do a whole episode on on the idea of chemical weapons and the science that most people don't understand behind a lot of them but so is is this um was this revelation uh something you had sort of independently of reading scott horton's books or was this something that you kind of that came to light when reading his stuff or uh so before i read fool's errand I came to the libertarian side of things through economics. Uh, military is probably the last thing that I uh, allowed myself to be aware of. <laughs> and I fought it. I fought it. Um, Can I just go ahead and applaud your self-awareness there? <laughs> yeah, I, I did. I fought it with, with passion. Um, I think until I became, until I was flirting with anarchism, I wasn't, I still wasn't willing to abandon the fight him over there so we don't have to fight him over here kind of thing. I think until I started flirting with anarchism, I wasn't, 
if I had that point in my life, if I had an out for something with government, I was going to give it to the military. And I did. If I was a minarchist, I, was, I believe in a little bit of government, I was going to give it to the military. So I'm ashamed of it. Uh, it's probably the... It's probably the most evil thing that I've ever done in my life is speak good about things like that, promote those lies. I know it certainly killed people. I helped kill children, innocent farmers. Uh, uh, that's tough for me to live with. I can only imagine what people who actually went over there come back have to live with. Especially the ones that come over. I mean, I know people who are in the Marine Corps who fought there that were are now anarchists. I can't imagine like being so aware of what you were doing. Now, uh, it's terrible, but the propaganda that we're spit at school, uh, I mean, even the draft, um, you're required to sign up. And if you don't sign up, $250,000 punishable by a year in prison, no, five years, sorry, five years in prison, $250,000. People, I mean, people aren't getting those punishments, but they can. Don't sign up for the draft as a kid and then make it on the national news. Make it a thing. Make other people not want to sign up for the draft. See what they do. Uh, you'll get that big punishment then, <laughs> you know? Which, you know, is honestly just, uh, I, I look at it as an annual subscription to an all-inclusive resort. It's 50 grand a year for three meals a day, um, likely a lot of information, like a lot of prisons have libraries, right? So yeah, $250,000 a year. Or no, $250,000, right? Five years. That's 50K a year. That's not bad for all-inclusive room and board. and It's a pretty good deal if you think about it. Yeah. You don't even have to pay utilities. So let's get back to the Reality? war against Osama. Oh, wait, no, let's not do that. Let's go back to Saddam Hussein because we forgot about Osama all of a sudden after 9-11. We have the daughter of a United States representative who is from Middle Eastern descent. 
come up on to a press conference by the White House and speak about babies being pulled out of their cribs in the hospitals and thrown on the floor by Sodom's uh, military and murdered. This daughter, woman, never been there, was not a resident, never seen a uh, hospital there, much less a baby in a hospital there. This person was uh, the daughter of a United States politician who was fed a line to say and was willing to do it. Absolute complete lies and caught. I didn't know about it until years and years later. I remember her saying it on the news, but I didn't know that everybody found out that it was fake. And that's what they count on. Yeah, people are probably going to find out. But most people won't know about it. They'll still go living their lives thinking these people were just killing babies. And when you sit back and think about it, how stupid is it? Like, follow the money. Follow the logic. If you're inferior when it comes to money and manpower... Why would you kill the babies in the hospitals? You try to save the babies. If anything, you make sure that the enemy comes towards the hospital and then you do something heroic to save the baby. Therefore, all those babies become troops later on. You know what I mean? That's what it that's what makes sense. Uh, and the more and more I, I learned about true economics, the money, the central bank, the reason why they want war to a minimum. They want like they love this war because it's a minimal war that drags on forever. They can pull more of our rights away and our powers away, take more of our money, but without them going totally bankrupt, right? It's it's just like the central bank's type of war. It's what they want. It's why it's gone on like this. Um, well, it's the subscription model. It's sticky, yeah. right? If you If you pay for a lot up front, it's expensive and it hurts every time. But if you just build it into the budget, then uh, you you pay a monthly fee and you forget about it. And that's where uh, our generation with our like software subscriptions and Netflix and Spotify and all these other folks who are now going to kick us off, I guess, uh, will uh, continue to be part of everyone's budget and why all these folks are broke. 
because it's death by a thousand cuts, which, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be the old man rant about avocado toast or anything because there are a million other reasons why all the millennials are broke. But one of the challenges with people who should not be broke and from an economic perspective have more than enough means, but are expected to pay a hundred something for a phone bill and then a few subscriptions here or there, but they don't feel them all because it's just annualized. It's spread out over time. So when we're paying for this war on a subscription model of just a little bit of war every year, there's no big, you know, thing of, oh, we've got to pass this bill for, you know, a a few trillion dollars. Like we can only move the needle on that now with COVID relief, which is not COVID relief, but that's uh, another day and another episode. So I, I get it. I get why if you're in the game of how can we milk the most money, subscription. Yeah, that's the goal. I mean, so little of our money is taken, our real wealth is taken through taxes, and we're taxed a lot. Most of our, our wealth is taken through inflation and, and cost of living has changed, you know? Uh, we, we, we lose our money through the fact that every single thing we touch has already been taxed seven or eight times. So we're paying that. You, 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 the people who make it don't pay it. They have to add it into the cost. What they're making for you, right? So if the company that produced the raw materials was taxed, and their employees were taxed on every dollar they made, which is goes into the taxes of what it costs to make the thing, and then then the transport taxes, and then the uh, what interstate commerce tax, whatever you know, whatever fucking taxes hit it, the sin tax hit it, you know, all these things add up. The people who who enforce the sin tax get paid, then their income is taxed. All that is added into the cost of whatever the fuck you're buying. That's all taxes. It's not, oh, it's, you don't see it on your income statement, your income tax statement, but that's what you're taxed as a person in the United States. So, Effective tax, as we would like to call it. Right. So, when you start thinking about these things and adding these things up, it'll make you sick. Don't do it. Just don't do it. Because <laughs> you'll be pissed off. You, it's bad. It's not a. It's not a rabbit hole you want to go down. I've gone down it. I don't like it. I don't want to do it again. Uh, and and. Even at that, it's just estimates. You you really can't figure it out, right? There are too many layers of abstraction, right? Because you, you said it yourself. Let's say it's something even as simple as, um, you know, you said a, a place with raw materials and then there's the people that work in whatever uh, that is and the shipping to that. Because like even something as simple as, you know, a, a cable, a USB cable, right? That's got all these different plastics and metals in it even 
which is sort of formed like you know god forbid we try and pick apart complex electronics you know but let's just say a simple like usb cable where there's plastic there's metals pretty basic uh of course there's obviously some like intellectual property to be had for various different connectors on the end but uh for the most part metal and plastic so two raw material types probably three or four variants of each depending on what kind of part mm-hmm. that is and then how many employees at each of those places for operating different bits of machinery and people to supervise those folks and the capital the, the the capital costs of the companies that make the machines that are made to make the cable that are all that yeah every you, one of them's taxed every it, one of them like there's no speaking to fellow like electrical uh principles is like the idea of ground right like it was so with electrical components so for the, those of you who are not super familiar with electricity and electric current is that you know grounding is a thing you've probably heard about is that electricity is always looking for the ground and this thought experiment is interesting because we never find the ground we just like keep taxing through and it's like oh well there's the machine but those machines are manufactured by another company that's also taxed on their labor, which is also like it just, ne- you can never find the end of it. So I, I can understand why you wouldn't want to go down that rabbit hole. It might be an interesting exercise for a future, uh, future kind of breakdown. Maybe yeah. I can do it while you take a nap. So you won't have to be, uh, it's, it's tough. Driving. I've written it down before and just gone through it in my head of a simple project. And it all stems from the, article i pencil i mean really because it's just a beautiful article on how the free market works to make a pencil and how nobody really can make a pencil by themselves uh something that simple right and and it's it's organic it's beautiful but when you add the monopoly on violence into that mix there's also a element of evil in every step of that pencil pencil so what was beautiful has now got just a little bit of evil in every single step if you guys haven't read i pencil or just go on youtube there's a a great little short movie, whatever. It's just, it's just the article, but it's a good visual to go along with it. Do it. It doesn't throw in uh, government or taxation. It's just the organic cooperation done by evil capitalists to make a pencil most efficient way that society could possibly make a pencil to keep the cost as low as possible to bring up the quality of life for everybody just illustrates that evil capitalist thing that we do 
Yeah, we can um, we can link that in the description. I think we can just uh, link to maybe a video of that. So yeah, um, but you know, back to the propaganda of war, we go to things like the CIA, the NSA. Um, you were talking about how the government may fund movie shows and whatnot and not be completely involved in it. Not be, you know, take almost total ownership in it in complete funding, but fund it to an extent that they can make significant changes. So there's a comedy show out there. It was, uh, I think I watched it on Netflix or something, but, um, I don't know what channel it was originally on, but it's called Chuck. And originally it was just the CIA. And then this guy worked at a Best Buy equivalent, something called something else. He's a geek squad guy, right? Yeah. That kind of vibe. Yeah. And he becomes, he sees a video or something and these images get embedded in his subconscious where he can bring up like uh, intelligence information on people as he sees them just in passing. Mm. So it makes him very valuable to our intelligence agency. Um, and it was supposed to be the CIA and they, our government decided to use some of our taxpayer money for our defense budget to give to this show and decided to make some changes where it wasn't just CIA and you can really see it in this show because you can tell it wasn't written for two different agencies, but they just did it and just kept it the same, but changed the name of a lot of it to NSA to soften up the image of the NSA because people were upset because they'd been, spying on us and storing our information and whatnot. They wanted, they wanted to soften up that image and make them seem like the good guys. So they asked them to do it and they did it. Uh, but you can see it in this show. If you know what to look for, if you go watch it today, after you've talked to me about this and you watch them speak about the NSA and CIA in the show, you can see it doesn't really fit that it's two different agencies. They're just, they just changed it a so, little bit, you know? So I haven't seen this and, and admittedly now I want to, and I'm sure anyone hearing this is like, I think I'm going to watch this show. Um, so is it just, he works for a single agency, but then they just well, like, Oh, the NSA is down the hall or something or he works for the CIA or he gets recruited by the CIA. Hmm. But the other guy who's trying to get him is NSA now. Or the other guy who helps is NSA. And then they just work together <laughs> as one unit. But he's NSA and she's CIA. And then there was like the leader was CIA, the girl lady. And then... They brought in this other guy who was like the NSA leader, and they just killed him off because it wasn't really working. 
you could tell it was kind of an afterthought. This is kind of like when your mom is like, hey, you need to play with your brother. It's like, come on. Right. Like, no, play with the NSA. Instead of like really changing anything with the storyline to make her part of the NSA, the leader of the CIA, they just kind of made her the leader of the NSA and just didn't explain it to and just yeah and then it just became more NSA than CIA later because it's just too hard to try to even keep the CIA in it you know well yeah I mean I guess you can't go full on right you have to introduce it as a you have to couch it in the idea of oh this is an agency you kind of trust yeah you know we can't go full bore into NSA. So, so th- is that that one was one where they wrote it for the CIA, but it just kind of got yeah. a, little, a little nudge there, tw- a little reproduction, a little bit of funding here and there. Got some things changed, yeah. So where does where does one go about finding some of these like insights? I'm guessing, I'm guessing Wikipedia for, you know this. You know, if Chuck, maybe NBC or whatever it is, but yeah, I'm guessing Wikipedia probably doesn't. Just you know, go on the CS the CIS website and just in their search engine go, what movies do you guys fund? (laughs) (laughs) I should write him an email, right? Yeah, (laughs) the Freedom and Information Act, right? (laughs) Can you declassify what you're funding right now? I want to know what's I want to know what's coming in the next season of primetime. <laughs> yeah. Um you know, I get most of my foreign policy um whatever intelligence agency information through any anything Scott Horton to be honest with you um the antiwar.com I ask everybody to go to that website visit it multiple times um, it has been if it wasn't for so many people going to it it would have been scrubbed from the internet a long time ago there's been a big push by Google and other Facebook or whatever to push it way back on search engine lists um, recently um, keep going just visit it nothing else just to say thank you Scott Horton yeah can you, know? can you get your can you get his books from that site uh, uh, articles research information from that site Um, he did just release a new book. Uh, I believe most people, most of us have read Fool's Aaron. If you haven't, please do. But he has released a new book enough already. Um, personally, I think that he is the best among us. Uh, 
uh, I'm, I'm just amazed by what he does for the cause to save, not just the cause of being a libertarian, but the cause of humanity. He just doesn't let any government get in his head. He's out for you and for me. His whole existence has been to fight against groups oppressing you, me, anybody, any individual. And he has taken a lot of uh, serious hits because of it. And uh, if anybody has a chance to meet the man, ask him one question about foreign policy. And you can talk to that man until the sun comes up the next day. He will sit there and talk to you forever. Uh, amazing person. So uh, we haven't done a Patreon. We haven't done a GoFundMe. We haven't done any of these things. But uh, we've now done five episodes. Uh, I think it's time that we do set up a Patreon. And I would like to go ahead and set one up. Uh, let's go ahead and say the first week of donations go to Scott Horton for the work he does. And the fact that he got us to where we are today. So we're not just stupid people reciting things that we learned on Rambo 3. <laughs> Well, if he's if he's going to be fighting the good fight, um, that's that's why I was trying to figure out if uh, if his site has all his his books and stuff on there because, um, yeah, I want to make sure that folks are getting to the right place and and supporting. So, yeah, I think, I think that makes his sense. Book on uh, Libertarian Institute. I think he's very careful about his book on uh, anti-war, just because, uh, you know the. What's the 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 nonprofit status or whatever? Mm. So yeah, yeah, I, I get that. Um, but I I think you're totally right about um, getting our, our our Patreon going and then making sure that the first stuff that comes through we uh, we just kind of send his way as folks start coming into uh, to us and I can also I can also put up our crypto wallet so that folks who are not trying to use Patreon or other similar means can just send us some uh, crypto. Yeah, I mean, if you want to stay away from federal notes, then uh, by all means, please do. I mean, I don't care if I get a piece of eight, you know? <laughs> I, uh, I would probably like a piece of eight more than I would a federal note anyway. Uh, I'm sure Scott would feel the same way. Yeah, does he have a uh, preferred currency? <laughs> I, I don't think he does because he just throws everything back into the fight. He really doesn't keep anything. The poor man works his 
his whole life is about uh, working on stopping this. It's amazing. You know, just a cab driver, skateboarding cab driver. Is He knows more than anybody on our, our U.S. foreign policies. So. Well, all right. If you haven't read his books, please do. Fool's Aaron, enough already. I can speak for Fool's Aaron. It's uh, amazing. And uh, enough already. I have a feeling we'll uh, we'll be even better. Uh, If you want a little precursor to that, um, Tom Woods has a cartoon out with Michael Malice now. Uh, I think two episodes are out on uh, YouTube right now. And the the man who, uh, I guess, maybe the producer, director of that, he is, uh, he's the one who worked with Scott on that book uh, enough already. And was able to, if anybody's ever listened to Scott, was able to direct Scott into more of a here's here's what it is here's why um, everyday person kind of vibe as opposed to if you've read Fool's Aaron not only do you know what happened but you know why you know all the little you know if the pencil that was laying here was turned to the left a little bit or if it was perfectly perpendicular to the desk. This is not the same thing that he did with the new book, apparently. Uh, This is written uh, as a little bit more easy of a read, I think. So, not that you shouldn't read Fool's Aaron, you should, but you definitely get... You get a sense from reading Fool's Aaron, like, I can't remember all this. Which is a good thing, because I can read that book two or three times and probably still get something out of it, right? Anyway, um, thank you for listening. Keep fighting the fight. It's the